Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are doing all of our uh, netball updates now all through the tournament. And it's a big thanks to Bedpost because they help Kiwis get a good night's sleep since 1991. And I'll tell you someone who's going to need good night's sleeps because she's about to head over to South Africa to cover the Netball World Cup. We're going to stay in touch with her. But she joins us now, former Silver Fern, Courtney Tyree. G'day, Courtney. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting. We're going to have a little Kiwi representative over at the Netball World Cup. Uh, You're going on Friday. Uh, looking at the pools, Courtney, and then looking at the draw, uh, the first round game should be quite simple for, for the Silver Ferns. We've got Uganda, Trinidad and Singapore. Yes, you're right. We, it should be. However, I want to take our minds back to the Commonwealth Games and Dame Noel, she, um, she's spoken about it too, how uh, Uganda actually did quite really take it to the Ferns over at the Com Games. And so she is taking that as a good lesson, she said, and that they can't take any of the pool games lightly and that uh, they will be putting, I guess, their best team out for all of these games because you do look at it and you think, okay, that's, you know, quite a breeze for the Silver Ferns. But, yeah, the Commonwealth Games, Uganda, they took it to us in that first half. So, I mean, it will still be very, very exciting and it should be a good run-up for the Ferns uh, leading into the pool crossovers. I was looking at the schedule, and I think I'm right in saying the Silver Ferns play four days in a row, day off, two days in a row, day off, semi and final, should they make it. That is a heck of a schedule that's not mirrored anywhere. It is. It is actually crazy what the Netball World Cup looks like and what the players have to put their their bodies through and also their minds, but... Uh, when I was talking to some of the Silver Ferns girls, they just got back from the sunny coast and they said that was their hardest camp. And uh, their trainer told them, this is going to be, you're going to be working at 186% of what you'll be working at at the Netball World Cup. He said, so that when you get to the World Cup, it seems easy because we've put you under all this stress and we've pretty much absolutely thrashed you. <laughs> and so hopefully that will... Uh, hold them in good sense for when they do uh, play pretty much 10 days in a row, really. what What's the rush to get the Netball World Cup over in, what is it, 11 days or something like that? It's it's so congested and it's almost, I mean, it's an amazing event, but it's almost like it starts and then it's nearly finished. It's so congested. It is, you're right. And it's the way they've always done it. And I honestly do believe it is uh, comes down to money. Because when you've got, I guess, all the smaller nations, them having to pay and the cost for them to have to be away, even probably even the cost for the bigger nations too, like Australia and New Zealand. I think it just comes down to the cost of running a tournament and all these teams, uh, the cost that comes for them to have to be away for so long. So they've mm. they've made it, uh, yeah, 11 days really. Squad size was 12 from memory and three reserves that aren't in the team do do they go with them yes they do so this is what makes this world cup even more interesting it's the first time 
the reserves can come into the team. So usually when a team goes, the reserves are with them. But as soon as the competition starts, the 12 that you have, that's your final 12. Even if there's major injuries, whatever it is, nobody can come into the squad. Uh, for this World Cup, if there are injuries, you can start to bring in those reserves. It's a hard spot for those reserves to be in because like, it's like you're always on your toes. You still have to go to every training. You still have to be prepared just in case you need it. A quick scout through the other pools, Courtney, looking at the Netball World Cup in Cape Town. Australia, they'll just trounce in Pool A. They've got Tonga, Zimbabwe, Fiji. Pool B, uh, Barbados, Scotland. Now, Malawi and England. Can we possibly see an upset with Malawi potentially topping a group? Potentially. And Malawi, they're always that team that you love to watch, but you hate to play against because they have really good possession with the ball. And now England, I think they underperformed last year at the Commonwealth Games and they've been uh, grounding pretty hard. So I still have faith that they will top their pool, but Malawi, I think that they, if, if you get Malawi on a good day, then they can really take it to you and they can cause some upset. Now, you were quoted far and wide in international media saying you thought Jamaica could potentially win the Netball World Cup. I'm a big fan of the Sunshine Girls. I love their energy. I love their enthusiasm. Um, got to meet a few of them last year when they played New Zealand. And they're against hosts South Africa, who will have a vociferous crowd behind them. Oh, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? Like, as a netball fan, it's just mouth-watering. And you look at how far Jamaica have come, and a lot of their players play in the Australian League and the English League. And so when I spoke to Shamira Sterling, she said they have that professionalism about Jamaica now that they, they were lacking in the past, and the players know what it takes to go to those extra levels, which she said that they just didn't quite know. They'd never been in those situations before, but playing in these different leagues around the world. They know what it takes now. Uh, and so, yeah, they bring that, that dancing, that, that vibrance, that excitement to the that they play. And then you look at South Africa and just, it's going to be about 3,000 in the stadium. It's going to be so loud and their crowd is just going to be insane. And I can't wait to experience it. A uh, little bit of intel for you if you ever get to interview the Jamaicans. The dance they do, I was talking to a Dean, uh, is it Thomas? A Dean... Uh, the mid-quarter, she said their dance is called the stir-fry. So there you go. There's a little bit of detail <laughs> for you. Um, Hopefully, maybe I can get them to teach me the dance. Yes, I look forward to that. I'll tune in for that. <laughs> um, now, uh, years gone by, I'm probably going to go back uh, a decade and and earlier, it was really Australia or New Zealand. Um, occasionally, England might pop something up. But we do have a genuine contender in Jamaica, don't we? And I, I don't know if you, I saw a video was posted, and I think it was a Jamaican R&B guy sung a song with the girls dancing, and then he donated half a million dollars to their World Cup campaign. That's going to help them. Oh, my gosh, that's incredible. And, I mean, we spoke about money earlier, but it is going to help them because last year when Jamaica did come here to play, you know, they didn't have the visas and like mm. they didn't really show up with a full side and then they were um, they were fined and it's all this kind of stuff and then I even at the beginning of this year I actually did see a GoFundMe page from Jamaican Netball to try and help raise funds for their team to go to the Netball World Cup and you just forget that this is still happening in women's sport and to think that 
a team who was a gold medal contender and they won silver last year at the Commonwealth Games. They beat Australia in the rounds and they came second in that gold medal match. But it's hard for me to still comprehend that with like some of our the best athletes in the world and the best uh, netball team still don't have uh, you know the funds to be able to go to a netball World Cup and compete. So I think that is just amazing to hear because it just would relieve all that stress that they would have and just allow the players to be players and not have to worry about all that other stuff. Yeah, because the incredible thing for me is, um, like, they're good athletes. They're a real advertisement for what team culture can give you on court because they've had so many challenges. You mentioned visas, the money issues, but they still perform on the court. And, and I'll put my hand up and say, I think they've got the best team culture of any team at the Netball World Cup. I agree. And it's incredible. You would have seen it, stuff. It's incredible to see in person. Like, yes, we can watch from afar, but when you actually do see them on the ground and you see them as a team and you just, it's actually like from outside looking and you think, oh, I wish I was part of that. I want to be over there with them. And they've created something special. And then now they've, I guess, coupled that up with uh, their netball skills and growing their game on the netball court. And they really are starting to become the whole package. And so I think this World Cup will be so special for them because it's almost like they've put all their pieces of the puzzle together and it's all going to come together at the right time. One of the most important things with such uh, eight eight games in 11 days or eight games in 10 days, whatever it is, squad depth. Now, we know Australia's got it. We know New Zealand's got it. The other main contenders, England, Jamaica. Um, and if the things go according to seedings, it'll be Jamaica, Silver Ferns, one semi, Australia, England, other semi. Do you know much about the depth of England and Jamaica? Yeah, look, England, they've got really good depth, actually. And then, you know, they're down players who have legends over in England netball, like Joe Hart and Serena uh, Guthrie. They're not playing, but they're over there in the coaching staff, which does make me think about also, like what you said, Steph, about the culture that they're growing and they're surrounding their players uh, with athletes who have been there before, who've got good insight into their game and great netball smarts. And they do have very good depth. And the, uh, the Super League over in England, had it went really well this year. And so their players have stepped up, including the ones that played over in Australia this year. The grand final, they had Helen Houseby shooting down one end of the court and Eleanor Cardwell mm-hmm. at the other end against each other. So to have two of England's biggest superstars playing in the Australian Netball League grand final, I mean, it does make me think, oh, my gosh, like it's going to be an intense rivalry once we all get over to South Africa. And then Jamaica, I think they've got a very good starting seven. Like you said, it doesn't come down to the depth, and it does, because I think uh, they're seven, actually probably they're eight. They've got a good eight. It's just whether or not what, how they, I guess, look at the tournament and do you thrash the players or do you try to give them rest, but then do you sacrifice I guess, points on the board. So I think for Jamaica, if they can make it through, and I guess that's a tough thing with only having 12 players, if they can make it through to the finals and they've kept their big superstars fresh, then they can really, really do some damage. But I do worry about their depth and then the condensed condensed, uh, schedule that they'll be on. Right, just finally, the crystal ball. Um, Jamaica, New Zealand semi-final. Who gets through? New Zealand. Australia, England, who gets through? Australia. Australia, New Zealand, who's holding that trophy? New Zealand, uh, in my mind, I can see it. I'm taking my mind back to four years ago in Liverpool, 2019, 
And it only went down to one goal. And that was one of those games where really on the day, anyone could have done it. Uh, And it was New Zealand on the day. And I think that you've got those girls in the team who've already done it. And so they know how to win. So in my mind, once New Zealand gets to that final, they know exactly what they need to do and to play down. Because it really did come down to that last five seconds. And I have faith. Uh, that day, Knowles and the players know exactly what they need to do to win. Ekanasio for the win. Three seconds left on the clock. New Zealand on the edge wish. of their seat. So wish. Wish. <laughs> awesome, Courtney. Well, travel safe and we'll stay in touch over in the Republic. Um, you're in for a fantastic time. We'll be hellish busy, but you will thrive and we will stay in touch. Thanks, Steph. Cannot wait. Cannot wait either. Cannot wait either. Um, our netball... World Cup coverage brought to you by Bedpost. You can upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. And I hope the hotel Courtney's staying in has got Bedpost beds because that is a heck of a schedule she's got. But um, time permitting, uh, time differences permitting, we will stay in touch. Uh, We shall take a break. Not far away, Ty Webster out of the Otago Nuggets. But we'll come back after this break.